Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Here we go. I want to talk today on encountering God. Everybody say, encountering God. You see, you and I are here because sometime in the past, we had an encounter with God that radically changed our lives. Now, I I know you'll find this hard to believe, but I wasn't always a good person. In fact, I was a very, very bad person. Anybody seen that movie, Jesus Revolution? Anybody seen that movie? Look, great movie. And can I just say, I was there when it was happening, but I was on the outside looking looking in and persecuting all the Christians who were getting touched by God in that great movement in the late 60s and early 70s. I was giving them a hard time. My wife was an 11-year-old girl the night Phil and Chris Pringle came into the church as 18 and 19-year-olds and got saved and birthed their movement of C3, which has flowed on and birthed this movement of Awaken directly. And you know what happened in the Jesus Revolution? And it happened because a whole bunch of hippies, have we got any old hippies here today? I mean, this young lady here is bringing back flares. I'm liking them. The hippie vibe, mate, you've got to have the flares. You've got to have the, the I don't know, the, the cowboy jackets with the tag. I mean, it was awesome. Tie-dyed shirts. But you know what? The young people right across the world had an encounter with Jesus Christ that changed them and not only changed them, they changed the culture in which they lived. We need an encounter with God. Amen. I had an encounter with God. I used to persecute Christians. I used to give them a really hard time. But one day, I started work, and there was a couple of guys there who are native New Zealanders, Pacific Island people called Maori people. And they were musicians, and I'd seen them playing, and they were rock, rock, they were rockers, you know, they had hair down here, and one had hair down his back. And they started sharing the gospel with me They invited me along to a meeting where we had a guest speaker and I stood there and as I stood there and there the altar call for salvation was happening. As I stood and I was watching, I was looking, I was on the outside looking in. Suddenly a burning sensation started in my stomach and it started moving north and it started moving and suddenly boom, my brain exploded with the love of God and, and my wife will tell you, my daughter will tell you, I've been having brain explosions ever since. And I had this encounter with God that absolutely convinced me that God was real, that Jesus loved me, and that He could change my life. And, and that has happened. And so I had this encounter with God. But listen, and this is the download that I want to share tonight. And I got this over the last couple of days, but particularly today, on, in fact, in the car on the way here, I'm doing notes, and I gave the poor um, media guys, God bless them, I gave them all these notes, and they probably won't be able to get them all up. 
But can we thank God for our media guys? We love you. Thank you. You're the team. You're the heroes. You're on the other side of this. You're not up on stage. You're on the other side of the lights. We can't see you, but God sees you. And I want to thank you today. Can we just thank them again? Thank you, guys. And, and I'd like to apologize for throwing notes at you and hoping you can get some of them up. But, but you know, it, it's all about having an encounter with God. But this is the revelation I got. And, and this is the truth bomb that I want to let off in this auditorium at Awakened Church El Cajon tonight. And I'll read it to you. It takes a revelation or an encounter to get you into the kingdom. You see? See, no one comes to the Father except the Son reveals Him. It's a revelation. It was a revelation for me that got me into the kingdom. But it takes ongoing revelations and encounters to keep you in the kingdom. Okay? To get you in, you need a revelation. You need a life-changing encounter with God. But listen, that's not where it all ends. It's like when you take that little lady out, guys, and, and you reach over and, and you give her that first kiss and you start, and it's wow, and you get married, and on your wedding day, you're standing there, and they say, I do, I do, and you may kiss the bride, so you kiss the bride, and you go, wow, listen, that might be all good, but how are you going 10 years later? How are you going 20 years later? Or if you like my poor wife, 43 years later, and she, she, she says that you get less than that for murder in the state of New South Wales and Australia. But are you still having those intimate encounters with one another? And the same thing is with our relationship with God. Are we having ongoing intimate encounters with a living God? Because what got you married will keep you married and what got you into the kingdom will keep you in the kingdom. Amen. And, and you know, I love having encounters with God and this, the Bible's full of spectacular encounters with God. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter six or Isaiah. Is that how you pronounce it? Did I sort of get that? How do you say it? Isaiah. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to give a... And in Isaiah chapter 6, I'll just say the way I was, Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah, whatever. <laughs> and, and there's the spectacular encounter, which was one of the early encounter in the prophet's life. And let me just read it to you from verse 1, and I'll just butt in and we'll just look at a few things. But it says this, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He had a revelation of God, high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And then he saw angels and seraphim worshiping and praising God and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And number one, when you have an encounter like I did, way, way back in the 1970s, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, I'm talking Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple and Pink Floyd, the dinosaurs of rock. Come on, way back then, way back then, 
I, I saw God not as a religious killjoy, mean God. You know how religious people, they're, oh, God's mean and hard. When you have an encounter with God, number one, you see God as he really is. And he's not mean. He's gracious. He's not ugly. He's beautiful. And you see, when you have an encounter, you see God as he really is. We need to have that encounter to see God as he really is. But the second thing is this. After we see God as he really is, we see ourselves as we really are. And it says here um, in verse three, or is it four? Five, sorry, five. Woe to me, I cried. I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You might think you're really good. But you might think you're really bad. But when, it doesn't matter what you think about yourself. It doesn't matter what the teacher at school says about you. It doesn't matter what your parents say about you or your boss says about you. All that matters is what God says about you. Is that right? All that matters is who God sees you as. And he sees himself and he realizes I'm falling short of the glory of God. And when you see, when you have an encounter with God, you see God as he really is, you see yourself as he really is, it really are. But then, in a moment of time, in that time of an encounter, when you're down the front and your hands are lifted and you're worshiping God, point three, God comes and meets you at the point of your need and fixes the problems. That's the great thing. He doesn't leave you hanging and put a guilt trip on you. No, that's religion. Christianity says, no, no, no. Now I've exposed what's really going on in your life. Now I'm going to fix it. And in the time of the encounter, it says this, it, at verse six, then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he'd taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and see, he, see, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. That happens in the God encounter. Let me say this to you tonight. God's a busy God. Have you ever thought about that? He's got this big universe he's got to look after. He's got to keep the stars shining. He's got to keep the planets spinning. He's got to keep the sun shining. He's doing all this stuff. And then he looks at little earth and there's seven billion, seven billion people on earth. And he's looking after them and he's tied up. He's a God is a busy God. But when one person cries out, God, I've got a problem and I need help in the time of the God encounter. Immediately, a seraphim flew with a cold, touched his lips, healed him, set him free. And he became pure and his lips became holy in the, time, in the place of the God encounter. Isn't that awesome? Can we give Jesus a hand? He's awesome. He wants to do us good. And it all happens in the God encounter, but it's also in the God encounter that the call of God kicks in. And it says here in verse eight, 
Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And it's when he's in touch with the Holy Spirit, when he's open to God, when God's moving in that place of encounter and in that place of divine revelation, he hears God and he hears the call. Whom will go for us? Whom shall I send? And a hand went up. And Isaiah looked around and was surprised that it was his hand. And he said, here am I. Send me. And God said, go. All that happens in the God encounter. But see, if you were to turn back in your Bibles to the first chapter and the first verse of the book of Isaiah, and as you start to look at that, it then details a little bit here. It says, Isaiah 1.1, the vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. And you go, well, what's that got to do with anything? Actually, it's got a lot. Because there are four kings listed. Their reigns lasted from between 40 to 60 years. And what was happening to Isaiah while these guys were reigning, he was ministering by divine revelation. And he didn't just get one vision, spectacular vision in Isaiah chapter 6. He had ongoing visions from God from 40, 50, 60 years. Just waking up in the morning, just seeking God, the Holy Spirit speaks to him. And he's not one of these guys who starts off strong like a, a skyrocket and then flames out. He's got, now I want you to say this word after me, longevity. Over here, longevity. Longevity. He's not just making it into heaven. For 40, 50 or 60 years, he is the cutting edge voice of the almighty God to the nation of Judah, to those four kings and the greatest writing prophet in the Bible. Why? Because he kept on having visions and encounters with God. And that's what we need. And it doesn't matter whether you're standing on the pulpit where you're play, playing, looking incredibly stylish and playing bass, or you, you're behind the, the things upstairs and you're looking after the media or you're standing on the door or you're looking after junior high or senior high, it doesn't make any difference at all. You'll stay in the game if you keep having encounters with the living God. That's what I want. If I come back in five years, I want to see you all here. If I come back in 10 years, I want to see Pastor Michael and Lisa still looking good. How good do they look? Come on, give them some love. How good are they? I want them here. I want you here. And I want me to be here. And I've been pastoring for over 40 years. 40 years. My wife has been in church since 1972, or actually prior to that, 
from the late, from when? 61, that's when she got born, right? She, she's been in church since 1961, brought up in the house of God, and we're still here. And we're not just sort of gonna make it into the kingdom and just crawl over the finishing line. May all of us be like the Apostle Paul who said this, I've run the race. I have finished the course. Now there's laid up for me a, a crown of righteousness, which God is gonna give me, but not just to me, but to all those who long for his appearing. May we all finish well. And that will come as we have ongoing encounters with the living God. Now, I'm going, okay, are you with me tonight? Are you ready for an encounter? Because I'll, at the end, by the way, I want to open up this altar. I want to say, come on, give us a fresh encounter, God. Okay, now I want to, I want to just talk to you briefly about how to have an encounter with God. Okay, how do you have an encounter with God? Right, now, and here's the thing. One of my favorite scriptures, and I quoted it before, James chapter four, verse eight, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Don't expect God to do your job. Figure out what God's job is and then you do what only you can do and allow God to do what only he can do. And I remember Pastor Phil Pringle uh, who, who, who began C3 um, Church way back and he said this, he said two incredibly brilliant things in his ministry that I remember. Number one, Mark Saundercock, you're hired. Most brilliant thing he ever said. <laughs> that was the greatest revelation and encounter he ever had. But the second greatest thing was this. This is what he said. God moves, then you move. Then God moves then you move. Then God moves, then you move. Then God moves, then you move. A lot of Christians are standing around waiting for God to move. He's already moved. And I say to Christians, hey, listen, don't get passive. Don't wait for a green light. Move till you get a red light. Move till you get a... I can play guitar really well, but I'm just waiting on God to, to, to show me what he wants me to do. No, you just start rocking out with that guitar until he says not to. <laughs> oh, I'm really good with kids and I love teaching kids, but I, if I can just pray and see God. No, 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 get involved. I've got a big smile on my face. That's me when I got saved. Go and stand on the door. None of it's rocket science until God sends you to do something else. Yeah, okay? So listen, I don't want there to be short, I don't want this church to be short on volunteers. Whatever you've got, whatever you can do. Oh, I don't smile much, but I'm good at counting money. All right, get out the back and start banging away on that calculator or whatever. Whatever. Whatever you're good at. Well, I don't know what to do, but I look tough and I've got muscles, go and be on security with this guy over here. Come on. And every girl needs a ticket to the gun show. Amen. All right, now. Okay. What are we doing? All right, okay, now a couple of things. How do, okay, but how do we keep this God encounter going? And it's, it's easy. 
Jesus said this, my yoke is all hard and you need a theology degree and it's really, really tough to figure it out. No, 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 my yoke is, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. It's easy. Number one, how do you have an encounter with God? Read the Bible. Hello? Now listen, Moses had this incredible encounter at the beginning of his life. He was standing there and a bush burst into flames and God spoke to him from the bush. What an incredible encounter that was. But listen, Moses needed lots of ongoing encounters along the way because he had a long road in front of him. And at one stage in Genesis 19, God begins to speak to him in 19 verse 20. And God descends to the top of Mount Sinai and calls Moses to the top of the mountain. And as and listen, this is a bit of a thing here. God will come down and meet you halfway, but you need to go up. And if, if you go to the top of the mountain, you will arrive and you will find that God is sitting there waiting for you. He goes and he goes up and, and he has an encounter with God through the word of God because he gets the 10 commandments. And can I say this? Grace trumps the law. Mercy triumphs over judgment. If Moses can climb the mountain and get a revelation of the word of God, how much can you and I, as we open the Bibles that God, he didn't, Moses didn't even have a Bible. He wrote the first five books. And Job and Psalm 90. Pretty good effort but he had to climb the mountain, get the word of God and come back down. So guys, open your Bibles. Song of Solomon. Now, my wife's favorite book, um, the Song of Solomon. In chapter two and verse nine, it talks about my lover is standing at the lattice, looking in. And I really believe, you know what lattices? Do you have that? Have you, okay, lattice, right. I really believe this. The Bible's like lattice. The more you read it, the wider the lattice becomes. And as you look through the lattice of the Word of God, you'll see Jesus looking back out at you from every page. Open the Word of God. Go on a journey. Discover God. And in discovering God, you'll discover yourself the person that God has always called you to be. And it's easy. We can encounter God in the Bible. Okay, secondly, we can encounter God in prayer. I hear there's a men's prayer meeting on. 5.30 in the morning. Is it Tuesday mornings or Tuesday? You encounter God in prayer. Now, Peter had an incredible encounter with Jesus. And Jesus said, um, who, who do people say I am? And Jesus said, you are the Christ." the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my father in heaven. And that kicked him, that kick-started the heart of Peter. It came from a divine download and revelation, but he needed to maintain that. And he needed to maintain that through prayer. And the book of Acts tells us that Moses, oh, sorry, that, that, that uh, Peter, I think it's Acts 9, he goes up to a roof and he begins to pray on this roof. And as he begins to pray, 
at about noon the following day. Peter went up onto the roof to pray, and as he's going about his business and having his regular prayer devotion, and he's just chipping away in prayer, he gets a revelation from God. And he gets a vision from heaven. These animals and beasts on this, this, big, this big sheet, and, and God speaks to him. And through that divine encounter and revelation, Peter understood that it wasn't just Jews who would be saved. It was all the rest of us. And that came through a revelation that came, come on, give Jesus a hand. Because of that, you're saved. Am I yelling? Am I too loud? I'm yelling. I'm yelling. All right, okay. It's prayer. Just go, and sometimes, you know, sometimes, let me just say this to you today, this is me being honest. Sometimes, life's all about just ticking the boxes, having your daily read of the Bible, having your daily prayer time. But it's sometimes in those seemingly mundane things as we keep chipping away, that God turns up unexpectedly and, and gives us a revelation. See, Peter had that revelation. Moses had the previous revelation from the Word. Peter had this revelation from prayer, and it wasn't about him. It was about the nation, entire nation of Israel. In fact, it was about all of us because all of us had the Ten Commandments. That's the bedrock of American society. <clears throat> Prayer. All the Gentiles came in because Peter went up and he had his daily devotional with God. He had an encounter with God. Who knows the people, the thousands of people who are on the other side of you climbing up and just praying and seeking God. You going and reading the Bible. I'm yelling again, aren't I? Come on, be honest. <laughs> Pastor Summer has the ministry, and I, we have the ministry of signs and wonders. She makes signs. And I wonder, what's she saying down there? <laughs> oh. Number three, you encounter God in worship. You encounter God in worship. The Apostle Paul. He wasn't worshiping when he was on the road to Damascus. He was out to kill the church and destroy it. And, but as he went on this mission that he thought was from God, but it wasn't, he literally and figuratively saw the light, was blinded, but then could see spiritually, even though he couldn't see physically. What a divine encounter that was. But he needed an ongoing encounter to stay in the game. And in worship, and, and in prayer, and worship, he's at Philippi in Acts 16, 25. And he's been preaching the gospel, and they grab him, and they beat him, and they throw him in jail. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other, and he's worshiping God. And as he's worshiping God, in and by the way, this is the sacrifice of praise. This isn't while things are going good. But as he begins to worship, the chains fall off his wrists. The ground shakes. All the other prisoners, the doors pop open. And the jailer comes in and says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved. Here it comes for everybody here today. And your family. And your, come on. Is anybody believing for some of that action? I know I am. 
and it comes out of an encounter. It comes out of worship. He encounters a life-changing, shaking event in worship. And guys, can I just say, isn't it great to come into the house of God and stand here and worship? Isn't it awesome just to worship God? And then we encounter God. As we just turn up to church, God turns up and meets us. And I'm gonna, I'll say this here. You encounter God by an experience with the Holy Spirit. See, Peter had that revelation. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But then he denied Jesus. But then we read on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes. And he and 120 other believers had this encounter with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Spirit of God. They began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is not the devil giving utterance. It's not Pastor Mike and Pastor Jürgen giving you the utterance. It's the Holy Spirit giving you the utterance. And he stands up, and I saw this recently, Pastor Mike. He stood up with the 11. He wasn't by himself. He was with the church. He and the 11 stood up, and Peter started to preach the greatest message possibly ever preached in the history of the world on the day of Pentecost. He had a revelation way back that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He needed a fresh experience with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says this, be not filled with strong drink, but be filled, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. We need ongoing encounters with God. Ongoing encounters. Now I could talk about the church. We need to go to church. I could talk about the man with the withered hand who is at church. A guy who, like somebody might come in here, and they can't do what God's called them to do. And God heals them in the house of God. Or the woman in the synagogue, bent over, couldn't look up and see God. Couldn't say with the psalmist, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and earth. But Jesus in the synagogue, in church, said, stand up. And her back was straightened. And she could look up into the eyes of God himself. In fact, literally, because she saw Jesus. That happens when you get to church. Guys, don't stop coming to church. Don't stop worshipping. Don't stop reading the Bible. Don't stop praying. And don't stop having encounters with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit. Can we just stand to our feet right now? Because we're going to have an encounter with God. You see, if you draw near to me, God says, I'll draw near to you. God does not set the thermostat of your spiritual experience. Pastor Mike and Lisa don't, Michael and Lisa don't set the thermostat of your spiritual experience. You set it. If you want to press in, if you want to climb that mountain, get a hold of the Word of God, seek the face of God, worship God, allow the Holy Spirit to flow in you and through you, you can have another 
fresh encounter with God and you can finish strong. So I'd love the worship team just to come and I want to open this altar up for a fresh encounter with the living God and I want you to lift your hands now. If you're struggling in your Bible reading, come on up. You're struggling in your prayer life. Oh, come fat, come now. Don't muck around. Come on, everybody, come on. You're struggling in your church commitment. Come on down. You want a fresh move of the Holy Spirit in your world. Come on down. You're saying, hey, I want to be a worshiper of God. Come on down and let's worship God together. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It's amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.